Hello everyone and welcome to From the Bar. I'm Ife, co-captain of this ship. And I'm Olamide, Ife's co-captain on this voyage. So before we start today, we just want to thank everyone that took the time out to listen to our first episode, the entire hour. Or if you only made it halfway or three quarters of the way, we still appreciate you. Thank you to our fellow members of the bar, anyone from the bench, you know, and everyone in between, lawyers and non-lawyers. Thank you so much for taking out the time. For those of you that are following us on our social media at Pod from the Bar, you know, we're going to be releasing content the same way that Olamide is in charge of um, the audio and the visuals. I'm the unofficial social media manager, so anything you see, yes, is from me. So before we get into today's topic, I'm going to turn to Alamide and start this episode the way I hope to start every episode and ask him, how far? What happened to you this week in court? Okay, so my week was quite stressful. I was in court from Monday to Friday. But for some reason, I had um, all my matters called out of turn, luckily for me. But um, I witnessed an interesting proceedings in court. It was in relation to uh, criminal proceedings for a ship and crew members. The ship was arrested for smuggling cocaine into the country. And it was quite interesting to watch the arraignment of the ship itself. So cocaine, as in one lone sailor just hiding it under his bed, or like the ship was a front for... You know, the entire ship, cocaine, they everywhere. No, not like everywhere on the ship. I, I think from what I could get from the proceedings, they had um, attached cocaine to like a compartment of the ship. It was somewhere under the ship, so it was concealed in the ship. And um, when the ship was searched in Nigeria, they found the cocaine and they arrested the crew members and they were all arraigned in court. That's including the ship. But yeah, that, that was how my week went. If I, how did your week go? Okay, that's, well, my week was marginally better than Olamide's own share. Instead of court Monday to Friday, I was in court Monday to Thursday. So, yes, yay me. But on Friday, I was still shown Pepe when my client came out of nowhere and gave us weekend work. So, Friday <laughs> afternoon, they sent us something to review that they want Monday morning. Now, was the was actually the point of these pitiful little two-day weekends because honestly when i got that assignment right the first thing that came to mind was not damn no more weekend first thing that came to mind was damn the work i've assigned for this weekend no time <laughs> for that to, work it's going to go it's going to go to upper week or god knows when when you'd have time so to do because it. lately right and this is going to i, I do not co-sign this you know toxic behavior but lately i've been sleeping my full seven hours and it's not good for my work ethic at all like when i started working i would be i would work and then i'd sleep around like midnight i'd wake up around like three do some work sleep at like five or six um sleep for like an hour wake up at like seven and then continue working but since 2022 started i'll sleep at 11 o'clock i won't wake up until five ah or actually to make it worse i'll wake up at like three or one then i'll be like okay let me just snooze i'll wake up i'll wake up and, and then i won't wake, wake up, up till five. seven o'clock and you're struggling to get to court see for all my high-flying lawyers out there you know those working in uh, top law firms in nigeria or those of you that i know in england or anyone else 
you know that sometimes night time is precious work time but again i don't co-sign this terrible behavior please get your eight hours of sleep eat your vegetables all of that you know health is wealth etc etc but yes that's what happened to me this week but to be fair that's not as exciting as cocaine and also not nearly as surprising because that's weekend work every work. All right. So uh, I think we'll just move along to what today's podcast is about or what today's episode rather is about. And um, the topic for today's episode, as we had released on our socials, is the creatives have a right to dictate how their assigned works should be used. Um, the idea behind this topic essentially is drawn from the fact that we have a lot of creatives these days, like everyone is basically a creative in the type of work you do, whether you're a tech bro, whether you're an architect, whether you're a painter, like those are the... Whether you're a podcaster, shout out to my fellow podcasters, I know everybody has a podcast now, she. Yeah, but once you're creating some sort of work that is um, a product of your intellectual um, ability, then you you are being seen as a creative. So everyone basically has that these days. So what exactly are the nuances and what are the rights that come with this? So um, I think if I would just speak to whether... So really what today's topic is going to be about, you know, it's a love letter for all our creatives out there, all our entrepreneurs. Really today is about IP, it's about copyrights, about economic rights and moral rights. So what's IP? Well, intellectual property. And Olamide was talking about, you know, the fruits of your mental labor, so to speak. And everywhere where there are interests, everywhere where there are rights, well, the law swoops in to, you know, protect those interests and protect those rights. And that's where you get intellectual property law. Today is about copyright law, which is a subset of intellectual property. And basically, copyright relates to literary and artistic creation. So we're talking about books and music and paintings. Now, when you're thinking about things like patents and when you're thinking about things like trademarks, for those ones, you know, that's a different subset of intellectual property that we're not going to be getting into today. But today is about copyright. So the term copyright really is referring to the act of copying an original work which might have already been done and should be done with either the creator's permission or either the creator has transferred those rights either by a license or by assignment. And we're going to get in a bit later to what assignments and what licenses actually means. But I think one nuance that's important to know is that copyright law protects the f- expression of the idea, right? Not the idea itself. So when it's still in your head, I mean, no one copyright is it? No one <laughs> copyright can't copyright can't exactly dig into how your you mind. Prove, how do you prove what is in your head? Exactly. Exactly. So I might have thoughts about the idea of uh, behind um, was maybe maybe I'm the one who thought of the idea of Doctor Strange first, though. But I, copyright doesn't come into play until you actually express that idea in a medium. So whether it's whether you write it, you put it in a song, you put it in a play. So it's the expression of that idea that's where 
you know that's where copyright comes into play so you know the medium the words the musical notes the colors and the shape and what copyright law is really trying to do is protect the owner the author the creator against those who would want to copy or take or translate or any any form of amalgamation change replication of their idea and I think what makes copyright really interesting compared to when you're talking about trademarks and when you're talking about patents is there's actually no registry. It's not like there's a public registry of all the copyrighted ideas in the world. Rather, once there's a statute, a law, and in Nigeria, we do have a copyright act. So what that law does is that it makes sure that copyright is just, let's call it declaratory, meaning that a created work is considered protected as soon as it exists, right? So as soon as... I write the song and I put it out there, copyright kicks in. Now, you might then be wondering, uh, why do we have sometimes have issues whereby someone takes someone's work? Well, I mean, why do we have issues where people steal? I mean, people are always going to break the law, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Where copyright comes in is that it allows you to protect your rights when you find out. Now, there's still an intersection between copyright and patents and trademarks because people patent, or rather, people trademark their intellectual property. So they trademark certain ideas, logos, brands, your name, and whatnot. So, yeah. And the reasons why you might do that is because the rights that you get from copywriting and the rights that you get from trademarking are different. And we're going to go into that a little bit about the difference between you know um assigning a copyright versus what you get how long a copyright will exist versus how long a trademark exists but moving on from that though is today we're going to be talking about economic rights and moral rights which are the two most important subsets of copyright now economic rights is what you can actually transfer so it's what allows you to assign or license again these are trigger words that we are going to be explaining so your economic rights is what allows you to actually get financial reward from your work so it allows you to license out your work it allows you to assign your work and get payment from it meaning that you are permitting a third party to use your work and for that you're either going to get maybe a one-off payment or a royalty whereas with your moral rights that's what allows you to preserve the integrity of your work it comes down to you as an individual you can't assign you can't transfer you can't give anybody else your moral rights when it comes to your moral rights you know and this is also where the law comes into play is that it allows you to protect the way which your work is you know replicated the way in which it's might be corrupted the way in which it the, the different forms in which your work can appear yeah so just to add to what if i had said about economic rights so it, it, it would not only mean uh, that your economic you have economic rights when you're transferring that right even you as the owner of the copyright have economic rights that is right to reproduce the work and make money from it by virtue of being the owner of the work so uh what exactly does assignment mean if i had sp uh, spoken about assignment um assignment is when you sell your copyright in the work that is that right to either reproduce to adapt or do anything with the work that you've created 
um, that that way that, that assignment is you selling your right so you're regarded as an assignor if you're the creator and the person who is buying from you is the assignee but there are other ways by which you can also leverage on your economic rights as um, a creative you can also license your rights so this way you don't want to lose control of your rights that is the economic rights but you give someone else the opportunity to do something in relation to that particular right so you can say okay i own this um, song i'm not giving you the right to distribute the song but you can adapt the song in your movie or you can adapt the song into a play so that is where uh, that is how you can transfer um, copyright but um that, sorry your economic rights um, that's the aspect of copyright but to the topic of today really and like if i had mentioned uh she she would also still be going over what the moral rights the type type of moral rights that you have are so really when we're talking about moral rights and i really hope i'm not losing anyone here if there's any if any of you want to slide into you know the podcast dms to ask a question again i'm not giving any free legal advice or any clarity or anything like that but when we're talking about um, moral rights especially when we're talking about the specific laws in Nigeria and the Copyright Act, we're talking about two kinds of moral rights. So there's the right of paternity, or otherwise known as the right to claim authorship of your idea, and the right of integrity. Now, when it comes to the right to claim authorship, that basically means, I mean, authorship, right? The right to say, hey, this is mine, no one else's. You cannot say, I cannot create a work, create a painting, and you slap Olamide's name on it, without my permission it doesn't work like that yeah in fact there's been this case where someone i think it was a student an architecture um student who had um just borrowed um a firm another another architectural firm his model design and that model design was advertised in the newspaper as a headquarters for their new building and they said the model was done by someone else who was not this student and the student actually did take them to court and court found for him saying that yes he, he has that right to the authorship of the work so the mere fact that um he's giving you aside the fact that this copyright was breached and the fact that he, he you used it without his consent you also attributed it to the wrong person and the court really berated the other side for doing that but yeah, that's the aspect of the first aspect of moral rights in terms of um, authorship. Now, the second one is the right to integrity or the right of integrity. So it's basically your right to object or seek recourse in connection with any distortion, mutilation, modification or derogatory, 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 guys, <laughs> Englishmen, English, background derogatory actions all, all these see all these big words in law honestly guys if any of you ever come to court you should hear all of me please what was the pronunciation that you messaged me yesterday that somebody said in court i can't i can't even remember i'll have to check guys while i continue talking all is going to check this thing because it was actually very funny but yes all you lawyers in court please let's just use english everybody understands and please lay off let's lay off the latin thank you very much but any derogatory actions in relation to your work Basically, anything that could be done to your work that would impugn upon or prejudice your honor and your reputation, right? So, I'm a Christian and I create a Christian piece of work. Maybe 
let's see, a depiction of the Last Supper. And I license that image out to you, you know, take it far and wide, use it, and you, you're going to pay me royalties or whatever it is. And you then decide to use it as, I don't know, the logo for your strip club. Could I then argue and say that, you know, you've impugned upon the integrity of my work? So I think that's really where the conflict comes in, right? And that's really what we thought was interesting. Well, what we first thought was interesting was we wanted people to actually know, you guys out there, that, you know, you do have a moral right to your work. If anyone's looking for where that is, you know, want to take notes, that's section 12 of the Copyright Act. Yes, we're going to sprinkle small, small law here and there. Yeah, this is one of the technical episodes we'll be having on the podcast. It's not just um, experiences every time. Let's talk about the law and just bounce, bounce off ideas, uh, bounce ideas off each other. Guys, Olamide is the one that's forcing me to do technical episodes with me. I just want to banter and talk about the law every day. But <laughs> Olamide has me in a chokehold. I had to wake up at like 7 a.m. today to be doing reading and research for this. So, yes. When you say Olamide, please tell him. Why is he punishing Ife? Why? I'm not punishing Ife. I only suggested and Ife said, okay. Ife did not say, okay. Ife <laughs> said, I just want to talk about why court is so hot and smelly. And Olamide said, no, let's also educate. So here we are, again, not offering free legal advice. Let's see who has ears here. Olamide, what's buyer beware in Latin? For the record, they don't they don't really teach Latin in like English universities anymore. So when I moved back and I was in law school, and people would just be spouting Latin idioms. And my parents are also lawyers. Sometimes they'll be saying Latin. I'm looking at them like all I know is actus rea and mens rea. That's it. And actus rea, mens rea basically means the the intent and the action. That's a different story for maybe our criminal law episode but back to what even took me there which was you know the right of integrity of your work and just making sure that people understand that you know educating you about rights that you didn't know that you had right just because you've you've um, licensed your work to someone as a creative or just even if you've assigned your work to someone doesn't mean that you've hands offed it doesn't mean that they can then do whatever they want with your image because I mean, it's your, it's still your property in a way. It's still your intellectual property, but that's where we thought, you know, the interesting part of this, um, comes in that conflict between the economic rights and the moral rights. Yeah. And also there's this thing with creatives. They always have an emotional attachment to their work. So the law has actually given you the opportunity to protect that, your, that emotional attachment to the work. And like, if I said, the topic mainly is. Um, when you have assigned your work or do you still have a right to control how that work is being used? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, you have a right to control it. But now, when you have assigned the economic rights in the work and the moral rights still remains with you, just to add that you cannot assign your moral rights so they endure in perpetuity, which means they are with you till you die. And even then, they still, you know, go on to your heirs, your successors... Yeah, every other person that that would be claiming through you. Wow, we said we're not going to use legalese, but yeah. Hey, Olamde said "enyor," so clearly it's, it's it's all out the window now. Yeah, but really, the meaning is you have two sets of rights 
in one property that actually do reside with two different individuals and for two different purposes. So, um, for instance, I have assigned my right to a code. I write a code and I assign that, the right to that code to um, someone. To be fair. Well, I, I was going to give a bad example. I didn't want to put anybody okay. in Okay, not to be <laughs> fair. So, the code is my copyright, but I've sold it off to someone else. But um, let's now just situate it just to make things quite interesting. I am from Ukraine. I wrote a code in 2010. I sold it to, uh, let's say, someone from Bulgaria. And the person has been using it. It's just a code that also takes information such as your location and whatnot. And I, sold, I, I, I sell this code to this person. And fast forward about 12 years down the line, Ukraine is invaded by Russia. And this Bulgarian now uses this software from the code that I sell to him. And um, he's using it to assist Russian soldiers to actually track down Ukrainians wherever they are and commit whatever war crime it is. I think I have, in that instance, I have a right of remedy to retrieve those rights and uh, from that person. And also the example if I had given, if as a person, I'm maybe a known pastor, I do a drawing or a painting, and my name is clearly on it because my right to authorship, like if I had explained, is on that particular piece of painting, and I sell it to you, but you start using it for, um, you use it to... For bad, bad things, guys. Like bad, bad things. things. That Children of the world things. inconsistent with my position. Materially inconsistent things. I, I, I like I, that. I like that. I want to write that down. Materially inconsistent. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I don't know how not to speak like this. Materially inconsistent. But, yes, you do, you do something like that. Do I have a right to come after you and say, no, you can't use this work this way? So now this is this is us now debating or not debating, just bouncing off ideas. Discussing. Discussing um, what exactly is the autonomy of the holder of the copyright. How far does that moral right go, right? And I think that what's really interesting is, obviously, we're Nigerians working in Nigeria, but the um, example Lambda decided to use is a global one. And it's important to mention that, you know, moral rights are a global thing, right? Like, again, we're trying to go really, really, really light on the law. But for those of you that are interested in that, you know, the importance of protecting intellectual property was first recognized in the Paris Convention for the Protection of Industrial Property in 1883. And the, now is this, is this Bernie? Burn, wow, not even one of the ones I thought. And the Bern Convention for the Protection of Literary and Artistic Work in 1886. Now, obviously, treaties and laws go through different um, variations and amalgamations. And by about 1928, when the Bern Convention was reviewed, that was when, you know, the idea of copyright and, you know, intellectual well, intellectual property, copyright, economic rights, and moral rights was then really codified. And an important thing about those treaties is, obviously, the way treaties work, again, for those of you who, who don't know, is that, you know, countries sign on to them and they say, okay, you know, it's an international treaty, 
yes, us, Nigeria, America, England, Canada, we're going to follow what the treaty says. And those treaties, while they do have a minimum standard, they also allow the member states to dictate their own national legislation for those rights. And that's where in Nigeria, the Copyright Act comes into play, specifically Section 12 of the Copyright Act, which I had initially mentioned. And that's where you can find, you know, the term about the right of paternity and the right of integrity that falls under your moral rights and how those rights are basically and i want to really use the word because it's very it's 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 heavy those rights are perpetual inalienable and imprescriptible i'm glad i got that yeah so just to read out the provisions of the copyright act uh, so we are clear on for those what, of you that don't know where to find it or my fellow lawyers are just too lazy to go and look for it uh, well we'll probably provide a link to the copyright act um on wow. our Olamde just give me the social media manager work to do thank you yeah we'll provide a link so um that's one reason why you should follow our twitter so you have guys content heavy guys i'm going to be pre- i'm going to be bringing out content okay i'm going to be bringing out clips and bloopers and teasers and pictures of Olamide doing um, sound engineering work. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Section 12 of the Copyright Act states that the author of a work in which copyright subsists has the right to object and to seek relief in connection with any distortion, mutilation, or other modification of and any other derogatory action in relation to his work, where such action would be or is prejudicial to his honor or reputation so now the the question really is is it every time the author of a work can object to the use of his work on the basis that that is prejudicial the answer is no yes obviously the answer is no because you have to establish that it is derogatory the the use of that work is actually derogatory and is prejudicial to your honor but you would essentially have to prove it, but it's not in every situation. And going back to our um, painting example, this is just to paint a converse picture or um, a picture that slightly differs from the one we we, we painted initially. And this is, um, so in this case, someone who is a Christian paints something or a pastor paints something that is, abstract it doesn't have to do with um anything religious related and he sells this and the person who buys this piece of art from him uses it for his own benefit would you say um in that instance can the pastor now say oh the way you're using your work perhaps maybe in a brothel or in a club is inconsistent with and is prejudicial to my honor the fact that I'm using your art in a club doesn't necessarily mean it's prejudicial to your honor if you, you, you're a pastor. And that's where the economic rights actually do come in. Because how do I now get my benefit? What, what benefit do I get from buying that thing from you if I, cannot, if I cannot use it in the way I want to use it? So what's the breakdown of this whole thing, right? Because I think it's very important to make sure that our listeners are following us, which is, I have an idea, you know, can I protect my idea? Yes. When can I protect my idea? Well, you can when, you know, when you've expressed it, when you've written it down or expressed it in some form of medium 
whether it's in writing, in song, in film, etc. Okay, so I've done this now. Do I need to register that idea? Well, I mean, if you want to trademark your idea, yes, you need to register it. But when it comes to copyright, the very fact that that idea exists, as long as you're in a country like Nigeria that has copyright laws, automatically protects you. Now, what protections am I, um, can I benefit from? Well, a whole host of protections that, again, read the Copyright Act, you know, if you're, if you're a creative, if you are an entrepreneur and you want to know about this. But specifically, the rights we're talking about that you have are your economic rights and your moral rights, specifically your moral rights. Okay, so can I give my idea to someone to use? Can I sell my idea? Well, yes, that's your economic rights. You can sell your idea. You can license your idea, which is basically selling for a limited temporary period of time to someone and when you license your idea can that person then license your idea to someone else well it depends depends on what arrangements you have whether a licensee can also grant a license that's again a different story can i sell off my rights completely like not a license i want to just give it away say i've produced this great thing i know it's great but it's so great that I'm ready to sell the whole thing off. Yes, you can do that. You can assign your rights. Now, what happens if I license it or I assign it and I don't like what they've done with it? They've distorted it in a way that's unrecognizable or that's offensive. Well, that's where your moral rights come into play, right? And what are my moral rights? Well, right of authorship, the right for everybody to know that Ife or Lamide created that work or rather the right yeah. that they're not posting somebody else's name as the creator, Sha. And then it's also your right of integrity to make sure that, yes, your work is not derogatory to a point that infringes on the integrity of your work. Yeah, and also prejudices your honor and reputation. But then, what is the limit of that, right? What would prejudice the honor and reputation of your work? What prejudices the integrity of your work? We've been using the example of creating a religious piece of work and having it as the logo in a, a brothel. What happens if that's, you know, the logo in a shisha parlor? Or what happens if that's the logo in maybe you have a Catholic? It's maybe it's a it's it's a Catholic image and you decide to use it as the logo of a Protestant church. Like, where is the limit of that? And then also, how does that then? infringe and butt heads on the person who has the economic rights because remember there's two sides to this right i've bought something off you you didn't give me for free you're getting royalties or you're getting a one-off payment i should have the right to do with that what i want exactly exactly as if has mentioned and the thing is this is exactly what we mean by the autonomy over your work it's the fact that even after you've sold off this work the law still allows you to protect your own reputation and i i would, I would venture a guess as to um what the um protection the law what the, the idea behind the protection really is so as an artist you um thrive on your reputation if you're reputed for doing certain things or your works being used in a certain manner it affects how people view subsequent works. So you should be allowed to actually control the way that particular work is being used. So in what ways can you actually protect this work? 
So um, th this doesn't constitute legal advice. Please, everything we've said on this podcast. Buyer beware, disclaimer. We're not giving anybody legal giving advice legal here. Advice. Don't go and say if I told ideas. you, Olamde, well, maybe you can say Olamde told you, but don't say that if I told you. Olamde didn't tell you anything, <laughs> though. <laughs> We're just bouncing ideas of each other. It's, um, it, it, it's not legal advice, but you can protect your rights by either in, by way of injunctions, um, stopping the person from using the work in that manner, or you could maybe damages I, i'm not really clear on how damages would be would make sense in this instance because you've already derived some benefit that'd be double compensation in this instance so there are different ways that you can enforce your rights right enforce your copyrights enforce your intellectual property and we're not really going into enforcement in this particular episode because i mean because we'd be here all day but what we just that, that would constitute giving legal advice, really <laughs> talking about the enforcement. But yes, some of the standard ways in which people can seek legal recourse is, you know, in the form of injunction, in the form of damages. But what we just really wanted to come here today, you know, keep it very short, keep it very sweet, and just really get across the idea that, you know, as a creative, you do have a right over what you produce. And I think that we see a lot of this, you know, on Instagram and on Twitter and just a proliferation of people's work, right? And people often think, you know, what do I do? Where do I go? You know, I don't like when, how this person is using this work. I don't like how this person is people using are my work. in this life because of this. So you actually do have a right to restrain them or stop them from doing that particular thing. Yeah, so it's like my name is on something, you know, how do I stop the person from using it which is also again a very different thing from if someone's infringing on your economic rights so meaning somebody can be using your work for a profit and they haven't gotten the right to use your work for a profit from you mm -hmm. so i think that again your economic rights and your moral rights are two different things and they can also be infringed upon in two different ways exactly. but the importance of this episode is to understand that you do have those rights and i think like olamide said you know that's what we're hoping to do here with this podcast so we're hoping to educate and also to entertain. So yeah, and sensitize. Double E's, okay. Double E's and S then. Educate, entertain, <laughs> and sensitize. <laughs> Clearly didn't plan that. Yeah. And we're, so we're going to be having, you know, episodes where we talk, we, we talk about topics. So whatever those topics are, today we're talking about, you know, moral rights and copyright intellectual property generally next week we're probably going to be talking about delay the things that cause delay in litigation you know one week we might talk about your recourse other than litigation so here i don't have the time the money or the energy for court what do i do and this then? matter is not that complex so i there, there are something there, there should be a way aside going to court to resolve this issue and also i want to preserve my business relationship like Yes, Kasala has boss, but if I take this person to court, there is no way we're going to be in a, in a business relationship again. So what do I do then? So we're going to have those kind of episodes, right? Which, yes, may be more educational for our non-lawyers, but we're hoping that our lawyers are also going to listen in and think, yeah, and be nodding along and be like, yes, oh my God, it's so true. And also engage with us on Twitter as well. Like, yeah, please engage with us, particularly please, on lawyers, this topic. I would like to have um, conversations with people on this topic. Like our fellow members of the bar, if I said if we said something and you don't agree with it, or we said something and you know more than us because it's an area you specialize in. Remember when I was listing my twenty things I specialize in in episode one, I did not list IP. So let us know your opinions. Let us know your thoughts. And we're also gonna have guests on, like 
people that we know, people that we work with, people that we admire and look up to. And we want to hear about not just their experiences, but also as well hear about the law. So we're going to have people yeah, on here to talk about... So we're going to have people on here to talk about fintech. We're going to have people on here to talk about, you know, the transition from working in a law firm to working in-house, what it's like to be a barrister or a solicitor, you know, in England or in other jurisdictions. And we just really hope that you all stick around to hear my voice, Olamide's voice, and also the voice of everyone else that we bring on. And even though today Olamide and I were on the same page, Trust me, most of the time we're not. And most of the time, yes, I'm right and he's wrong. And there are times where we would actually engage in that very, very feisty legal battle. But again, I'm usually right and he's usually wrong. Well, that's what she says, though. But we'll let let you decide. So, Team Ife or Team Olamide? Team Ife is the best team, share. But thank you so much for joining us today. Coming to you, as always, from the bar. All right. Bye, guys.